everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, your birth for the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast. Joined by the crew here in Essex, Connecticut, I have Carly Sisson, Associate Editor. Hi, Dan. Happy to be back in Essex. Are you? Of course. Excellent. Good answer. Also joined by Editorial Director Bill Sisson. Hello, Dan. Hello, Carly. You also happy to be back in Essex? Absolutely. I've never left, I think. I think that's true. And back from a short hiatus, Senior Editor Simon Murray. Not a Sisson, Dan. No, that's true, but we won't hold it against you. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Might be an advantage today. Probably. Uh, good to have the crew together. One of the things that we talk about a lot when the mics aren't on and we're kicking around the hallways is our dream boat. We get to play in a lot of boats. We get to review all kinds of craft. But when it comes down to it, we're usually separate people from our editors selves and the people we are in real life. Today, we're going to merge the two and see where we cross paths here. Do I have any volunteers to jump in and talk about what their dream boat is? Wow. And should we qualify this? Is there, there's, there's no, what do we say? No, no limit. Someone gives you a blank check and says, buy the boat of your dreams. I think that's pretty much the only criteria like we need, right? I'll start off because I probably have the stodgiest of them all. I, I have a feeling. Extra points for stodgy. For I, have sure. the, I have the prettiest, too. This it was a boat that was tied up for the last 10 years, about a quarter mile from where I kept my boat. It's a Holland 32. And mm. I don't think I ever went out without, like, slowing down, pulling close to it, and admiring it. It's one of the prettiest boats I think there is on the water. It was designed by Glenn Holland with some input from Royal Lowell, mm. one of the grandfathers of lobster boat design. And it just it's the prettiest shape. It's got a tall, flared bow. It's got fullness amidships, and it's got a nice tumble-home transom. And it always reminded me of sort of like a pure shape like some kind of seabird or sea animal, like a loon or a merganser or a, uh, or like a gannet. All right. Yeah. Bill's a big bird guy big, over, uh, over this past quarantine. It must have uh, if anyone done else, a lot more bird watching. If anyone else can come up with a bird comparison for their dream boat, I'll, uh, bonus points. But no, that, that sounds beautiful. I don't know that boat. So it's, got what huge, kind of- it's got a huge cockpit, mm-hmm. small cabin down below, you know, V-berth. Little galley. Single screw? Yep. Single, you know, do with like the 325 diesel, something nice. like that. So it's not a shallow water boat, and I do like to fish in close, but if you're going to cruise New England for the summer, this would be a nice boat to do in it. I mean, it's mostly a weekender, but, you know, you could go up and spend a couple of nights in a, in a B&B or mm-hmm. spend a couple of nights on the boat and keep on moving. It's uh, a nice offshore fish boat if you're a tuna fisherman. I mean, it's been a venerable lobster boat for a long time, but they are really pretty. And they're efficient and seaworthy. Well, I think it definitely sounds like you have the criteria that you've dreamed about this boat a lot, and it's cool that you know you'd pass it, you'd pass it all the time. Yeah. What, what kind of era are we talking about with this boat? Like, what year range do you think that that particular boat was built? I think it's been. I think they've been building it for like thirty years. Glenn Holland has. So okay. there's a bunch of used ones around. You can get one for probably under a hundred thousand. Certainly okay. a used model. Um, and there are a lot out there. Was this? No, I mean, this, this wasn't a super production boat, but 
I believe they made something like 160 plus hulls. So oh, yeah, that's that's enough. Yeah, enough around. It's not nothing. Sure. Big cockpit. You put a nice you know, kind of picnic seat back there, and you know. Nice. Now, where exactly did you find this boat? Was this in Rhode Island where you, when you kept it there, or it's not on the yeah, river? It was right on the border, Rhode Island. And the uh, guy who had it, he was a surf guy too. So you could, you know, it's the kind of boat you could throw a bunch of stuff in. You could mm. put kayaks in it. You could put surfboards in it. You could do a little, you know, little local adventuring. You know, it's well, like it's an SUV in the water without with that old cliche of mm-hmm. some of the dumb boats that have been called SUVs in the water. This is a true SUV because it used to carry pots and everything. So. Right, right. Yeah. It's like a pretty Ford Bronco. Yeah, it's like the classic Ford Bronco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't mean that in like a... In no, like or the classic Scout, you know, something like that. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty amazing that we gave you a blank check and you bought a, uh, a 30-year-old boat that, that was in the slip next to you. I mean, that's, that's pretty telling. It says a lot about you, but... Uh, it does. It, it sounds like a boat that has a lot of character. Everybody, you know, if you see it, you fall in love with it. I, I did, and I still am in love with it. All right, very cool. I gotta, I gotta check that one out. Hopefully, cross paths at some point. We're going to uh, let's let's kick it around the horn clockwise here to uh, my favorite Sisson, Carly Sisson. And please tell me you have a boat that's over a hundred thousand. I do have a boat that's over a hundred thousand. I also really like pretty boats. I love the Holland Thirty Two. I love boats with a lot of bright work. But for me personally, as an owner operator, I don't want to do that much maintenance to it. And Smart. as much as I love riding along on mega yachts, I want something <laughs> I can operate myself. So I chose the nice, practical Aspen C120 Flybridge. Ooh, interesting. The Flybridge is key because I like to be able to operate in the open air. For me, boating is all about being outside, so I don't want a boat that only has an indoor home station. Now, that, that boat's powered by outboards, right? That one is powered by inboards. Interesting, okay. Um, I was... Pretty close between the C120 and the C108. The C108 is the largest trailerable boat from Aspen, mm. and that one does have outboards. The key factor for me was the flybridge. I'm really keen on being able to operate from the open air. So, Does it even have the lower helm option, or is it just the flybridge? I believe it has the lower helm option as well for when the weather gets dicey, because these boats are really all about going out adventuring in any sort of rough conditions. Wow, that's uh, so. Anytime I think of the Aspen, I think we we think of owner designer Larry Graff, and he's taken his boats on some pretty amazing adventures that we've reported on, whether it's the Arctic or you know trailering it all around the the country. Where where do you go in it? You get the boat, you get a one year sabbatical. I'm, this is purely hypothetical. You're we're not giving you time off, but if you were to, what adventure would you do first? I think I would actually, maybe not as intense as Larry, but I would like to go up through the Inside Passage as well and sort of see some of the Alaskan scenery, Alaskan wildlife. I'd love to go whale watching. And that's a boat where if you get into rough weather, rough conditions, you know that you're safe. I mean, Larry's a really intelligent guy, and he puts a lot of thought and effort into this asymmetrical hull design. So I think you can really trust that to keep you safe, and he's really put that to the test himself. Mm. Um, but my favorite part about the boat is that it's extremely fuel efficient. Um, Aspen reports you should have about 50% less carbon footprint from operating the boat. Wow. So I like the fact that I can go out and adventure and I'm not just dumping tons of carbon into the water. Right, right. I got to say, I, I am surprised by that that pick, but hopefully uh, Larry Graff, if he's listening, will... Uh, Maybe maybe not give you the boat, but maybe we could borrow one for a while to do some sort of adventure like that. You might have to earn it. Yeah, you might have to like take it down like the Amazon River or something like that. Knowing Larry, 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure our phone's going to be ringing right now, and which is weird because the podcast hasn't aired, but he's he might be game for just something like that. He's game for just about anything, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Well, we can't, we're continue kicking it around the horn, and Simon Murray. Simon, we just sprung the topic on you with 60 seconds to think, knee-jerk reaction, dreamboat. Go. That's okay, Dan. I don't think that much. But oh. based on, you know, there's a lot of good thoughts with with a lot of – you know, thought poured into what they, you know, the, the dream boat, you know, Bill was a neighbor of the slipover. He obviously had days or months to, you know, check this boat out and yeah. to grow very fond of it. Uh, Carly has obviously done her research. She's like poured <laughs> over all the different stats and, and, and numbers and figures. And it's a very, sounds like a very efficient boat. I just, I'm not the same way. I, I just follow my heart. Uh, and it, you know, their boats might've been built for comfort, my boat is built for speed. I'm going with the Cigarette 38 Top Gun TS. TS and not just the flat bottom. TS adds another like 10 miles per hour or so. So, you know, oh, I've thank, done a little bit. Oh, thank, thank, thank God. Yeah. So, so instead of 95, we're going 105. <laughs> exactly. Just leaving all those yeah, losers I, in our way. Well, you can't get a cigarette and, uh, and go under 100 miles per hour. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So Wow. Again, another, another sleeper pick. I, I would have... Bet money, I would have bet my dream boat that you were going to go performance ended, but I didn't think you were going to go cigarette. That's that's interesting. See, I think it was just based on, you know, going to the Ozarks and getting mm-hmm. to experience that cigarette culture and all the different owners getting together and just, you know, just being a part of that mass speed at the same time. I think it's just completely addictive, and uh, I'm hooked, and I really – I was yeah. going to say, I mean, that, that was a, a great story. Sometimes I forget that you did that that story out in the Ozarks. I like to say that you had the Kool-Aid out there, but I think it was a, it was a shot with a sardine. Was it? Yeah. The, the Kool-Aid's the, a little different out in the, the uh, out in Missouri, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I was, I don't know if we, we probably don't want to go into like plan B's, but by plan B, let's say that, you know, cigarette is just not safe for a family setting. I do. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. I, my fallback would be the Marlowe, 100 ice, right? Wow. That's a Marla? That yeah. was a Marla? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I think if I was going to do kind of like more of that, you know, world-class cruising, mm-hmm. I would want a boat like that. I mean, just to have the uh, steel bow that could crush ice. I mean, that, that alone is just so intoxicating and just such a fantasy uh, to have that ability. But, yeah, no, that would uh, be my backup. That, that's so true. I mean, pre-pandemic, I probably would have agreed with you. The idea of just putting the world away, leaving everyone, <laughs> be like, this is great. I don't want to see anybody for a whole year. Uh, now you, you come up a year like we just had. Like, <laughs> kind of oh, had your feel of that. It's not all oh, it's cracked up to be. It's kind of lonely. <laughs> Let's go to the Arctic and cruise for months without seeing a single person. Ah, actually, you know what? That sounds kind of weird now. It, it, has, it has its moments. So let's, uh, let's go back to the cigarette for a second. You get a cigarette, it comes off the trailer. It's the first thing you do. Well, I guess the knee jerk or like the, uh, you know, if I wasn't thinking at all, I'd say go to the Ozarks. But I think... That was fun, but I'd love to go offshore and maybe do one of these, you know, poker runs or just, you know, point to point cruises. Uh, you know, you're, you're ripping the throttle down with a bunch of other owners and uh, enthusiasts and aficionados. Yeah. Those are always fun. And yeah. uh, I mean, it really allows you to open it up. I think they have I, I can't speak to all of them, but they definitely have like help with the mechanicals in case, God forbid, something happens, yeah, you break yeah. down. I mean, I don't know what like, those boats. 
I was joking before, but they aren't incredibly practical. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happens when you break down in like five to six to seven foot seas. I mean, yeah, alone that's that's got to be pretty harrowing. No, I think those those rendezvous definitely order offer a level of comfort. And uh, the cigarette faithful, they're one of those crews that you know they they roll pretty pretty large and tight, and it's it seems like a really fun group. But also, what I thought was interesting in your Ozark story. There's a lot of stereotypes when it comes to cigarette owners. I mean, you can't tell me you don't think of the gold chains and, you know, and, and just guys that are just going fast and to show off. And, and now clearly, any kind of go-fast performance boat, there's an element of that. But you met a whole bunch of families that were multi-boat owners. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, definitely people with family backgrounds. They're not just kind of like, you know live on the edge kind of <laughs> drug runners. Like that's right, kind of, the, right. that's the image that's cemented in my mind. Uh, and I'm sure other people's as well, but no, I mean, that is true. I think if I were to go out to a performance center and buy this 38, I think the next stop would be to go to Jared's and get a gold chain. I think that's like <laughs> hand in hand. You have to do one and then the other. Oh, I had, I had something I was going to say and then I just totally blanked out after the <laughs> going to Jared's line. He went to Jared's went, for that chain. He went to Jared's. Well, Phenomenal. And what, what a variety of craft here so far. And, and I'm, I'm like chewing on my fingernails right now because until this very second, I wasn't sure which boat, which boat I was going to pick right now. I'm still a coin flip. Ah, oh, oh, yes. Damn. Oh, that's great. Damn. I love that. I, I really, I need to flip a coin right now, but it's that close. You're, you're, that's tight. You're, wow. It's tight. It's down to these two and they each have a different special place in my heart. But I, I think my, my runner up, Mm, I think my runner-up is the Palm Beach 70. That wow. boat was just, you know, we had good memories. Obviously, a, a really popular story for us was racing use, racing the Palm Beach 70 against a train to the city. and Because uh, everyone does that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has that kind That's of ex- thing everyone that has that experience. But, man, that boat was just beautiful. The woodwork, the performance. I mean, I think it was a 40-knot boat. I, I would have to go back to my notes but uh, that boat had the sea cred, had the dock appeal. That boat was the whole package. But like I said, that's my runner-up. So, oh, okay. Oh, runner-up. Right, that's right, right. runner-up. Again, it was, it was close. It was down to the wire. But I'm going to go Huckins 45 Sport Fisherman. Wow. Just, just again, playing a little more into the, the sea cred, going more custom. Palm Beach 70, there's not many out there, but there are some. I know of one, maybe two, maybe three Huckins 45s. And... Uh, if you read the magazine, you know we've we've had a close relationship with that builder over the years. Followed their, you know, really their legacy. But man, that that boat was my first boat test. I like to say it was actually for Power Motor Yacht, but it was actually for Angler's Journal. Bill Bill approved. It was a good story. A, approved the story. Yeah, yeah thanks. Very nice boat. Well, it was uh, I remember Richard Deal had got on the the Huckins for Power Motor Yacht, and I was so disappointed. I was like, ah oh, man, I really wanted that for myself. So I go go down the hall, sneak around my. Boss is back, and I was like, "Bill, you you'd want a story on that boat, right?" Absolutely, the price was right, and it's a, it's a very pretty boat. <laughs> I've made a career off of that. It's uh, being cheap, but uh, now the boat is it was like this modern classic and uh, beautiful sport fisherman, the envy of the dock. But also, what was most impressive is not what it had, but what it didn't have. It was classic styling. It didn't have a million TVs. It didn't have an entertainment center or surround sound. It didn't have a lot of the the toys, but to me, it really melted this past meets present. And, and maybe it was, you know, the memories made on it. It was, it was an exciting test for me. It was one of my first here at Active Interest Media. But uh, 
Yeah, that one stuck. That one stuck with me. What is what is the Huckins? So Huckins is pr- production, right? It's it's not. Are are they custom? It's. I think they would probably call it. I don't know. Semi production. Semi custom. Semi custom. Yeah. They, they made it custom for one particular owner, and uh, you know it was the first one. It was IPS powered. It, it was. Pretty cool little package there. What would you not to put you on the spot, but what would you say Huckins has over other sport fishing brands? Would you say clearly it has a special mm-hmm. place, you know, in your mind? But is there like it's it's honestly it's a little bit of the legacy. I love the history. If you ever go down to Jacksonville to visit Bill Pike, you inevitably end up touring this this yard and the hundred year over hundred year legacy. To me, that's really cool. And and I'm I am not. A hardcore tournament fisherman. I would I would love to go on the tournaments from from time to time, but you know, I'm not looking to do the circuit. I'm fishing with the family and, and wanting to do that comfortably. You know, it looks like the kind of boat where you'd you know if you would be it has the aesthetics to be fishing for sailfish in the winter off Florida, but looking like it's from the past. You know, if you mm. saw that thing, you know, coming up on you or, or trolling past or flying a kite, even it would look like something from another another time and place and. Kind of like Wheeler adjacent. It's like it's like that's not Hemingway's boat, but you right. can see a guy similar to Hemingway's yeah, great point. style. You could have a straw hat on, and you could be having some mint juleps, and you could be flying a kite with a live bait, hoping to catch a, a sailfish or two. And you know, not really hardcore, but part of the whole aesthetic. Damn, that really makes me want to do exactly what you just said. You described that perfectly. Well done. <laughs> Seriously, so I mean, I think I think this is a pretty awesome little fleet here. I mean, Simon's getting to the he's getting to the destination first. There's you know, there's no doubt he'll be waiting for us at at the bar as uh, Bill comes chugging along in the Holland, and uh, me and Carly are there somewhere in the middle. Carly burning a lot less fuel. Yep, saving a lot of money that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the I'll have the uh, I'll be at the bar with the mint juleps, you know, ready to go for you guys. I'm sure Bill will have the well. It sounds like both of you guys might have some rods and. Carly will just have a lot more money than all of us combined. <laughs> so she's actually saving the most money in the long run. That, that sounds like a winner because we said you get the check for the boat. We didn't say you get the check for the fuel bill. So <laughs> oh. she's, she's clever. She's clever, that Dang. Carly. I'm bringing the lobsters. No problem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that is, that is one heck of a fleet. And I think that's all we have for right now. So, guys, thanks for joining us. This, this has got the itch going, though. We need to get back out on the water. That was fun. For a new boat. That, that's it. Let's go. Who let, wants to let me borrow their cigarette? Let, <laughs> any takers? Let's let's go shopping. <laughs> all right, guys. Good seeing you all. I'll, I'll see you guys out in the water. Thank you for listening to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating, or you can share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF. Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us. Thanks again, and until next time, we'll see you on the water.